Namaste, friends. Welcome back to season two. This is Divyanti and Sangeetanti, and we're so excited to start our second season of Culture Kahani. Yay! We are so excited to share Kahanis with you guys again. In this season, we will focus on the heroes of Hindustan. Wait, wait. I have questions. First of all, what is Hindustan? Fun fact for you Hindustan is another name for India, Hindu for Hinduism which is the majority religion in India, and Stan means place. Voila, we have a country called Hindustan. That reminds me of a song I heard when I was young. Sare jahan se acha, Hindu se hamara hamara. Do you like my voice? Do you like my song? I do, but what does it mean? It means that there's no other place better than India. Oh, I like that. So my other questions for you are, you said heroes. Well, do these heroes have superpowers? Will we still have stories? Yes, we will still have stories. And yes, they will have superpowers. Can you guess what their superpowers are, Divyanti? I know, I know. Their superpowers are the values they believed in and what they accomplished following those values. Right on. So tell us, tell us, who is the hero of Hindustan this week? Well, our hero today is Emperor Akbar the Great from the Mughal Empire. Mughal Empire? What is the Mughal Empire? Well, the Mughal Empire ruled most of northern India from the 1500s to the 1700s. And you know what's so interesting? The Mughal rulers practiced the religion of Islam but the people they ruled actually practiced Hinduism. Akbar the Great was the third Mughal emperor to rule India. He was deeply religious, so his faith in God always made him do the right thing. Is that Akbar the Great from the stories of Akbar and Birbal? Those stories were so much fun to read. And from what I remember learning when I was young, Akbar became the king at the age of 13. Akbar's full name was Abdul Fattah, Jalaluddin Muhammad Akbar. Under his rule, he enlarged the Mughal Empire to include much of the Indian subcontinent. You know what really made him stand out? His ability to unify everyone. Did you know before his rule, Hindus had to pay taxes to practice their religion? Pay taxes? You mean that before Akbar ruled, the Hindus had to pay taxes? It's like us having to pay a fee to the government to practice our religion. Akbar seemed to be a fair and just king. This brings us to our value for this week. Our value is fairness. You know, there are different shades of fairness. The famous author Rick Royden said, fairness does not mean everyone gets the same. Fairness means everyone gets what they need. So without further ado, let's hear our first story of season two. On a cold winter day, Akbar and Birbal took a walk along a lake. As they were walking, Birbal thought about how a man would do anything for money. He shared this with Akbar. Akbar then put his finger in the lake and immediately removed it because he was shivering with cold. Akbar said, Oh, I don't think a man could spend an entire night in the cold water of the lake for money. To which Birbal replied, I'm sure I can find such a person. Akbar then challenged Birbal to find such a person and said that he would reward the person with a thousand gold coins. 
Birbal searched far and wide until he found a poor man who was desperate enough to accept the challenge. The poor man entered the lake and Akbar had guards posted near him to make sure he really did as promised. The next morning, the guards took the poor, shivering and cold man to Akbar. Akbar asked the poor man if he really spent the night in the lake. The poor man replied that he had. Akbar then asked the poor man how he managed to spend the night in the lake. The poor man replied that there was a street lamp nearby and he kept his attention focused on the lamp and away from the cold. Akbar then said that there would be no reward because the poor man had survived the night in the lake by the warmth of this street lamp. The poor man tried to tell Akbar that the lamp was too far to provide any warmth, but Akbar didn't agree. The poor man went to Birbal for help. The next day, Birbal didn't go to court, so the king wondered where he was. He sent a messenger to his home. The messenger came back saying that Birbal would come once his kitri was cooked. The king waited and waited for hours, but Birbal never came. So finally, the king decided to go to Birbal's house himself to see what he was up to. When he got there, he found Birbal sitting on the floor near some burning twigs and a bowl filled with kitri, hanging five feet above the fire. The king and his attendants couldn't help but laugh. Akbar then said to Birbal, How can the kitri be cooked if it is so far away from the fire? Birbal answered, the same way the poor man received heat from a street lamp that was rather far away. The king then understood his mistake and he gave the poor man his reward. So Akbar wasn't being fair to the poor man in this story until Birbal made his point with the kitri. You know what else is really cool about this story? Akbar made a mistake by not giving the poor man his reward. But when his advisor Birbal pointed out his mistake, he quickly fixed his mistake and treated the man fairly by giving him his reward. You know, back in the day, kings made decisions on what is fair and what isn't fair. But today, judges make that decision. This reminds me of the quote you said earlier by Rick Riordan. Fairness does not mean everyone gets the same. Fairness means everyone gets what they need. This quote leads us to our next real-life story called The Judge's Fairness. An old woman was held guilty for shoplifting at a grocery store. The case was presented in front of the judge. In her defense, the lady confessed her crime and said she had stolen grocery items like rice and some lentils as she was very poor and her only son had died in an accident leaving behind his wife and three children who were dying of hunger. The owner of the grocery store insisted that she be punished so that others learn a lesson not to shoplift. The judge was very kind and honest man. And after going through the documents, he looked up and told the poor old lady, I'm sorry you've committed a crime. No matter what the situation, a crime is a crime, so you're liable to criminal charges. The poor lady had to pay a fine of $100, and if she could not pay, she would be sent to jail for one year according to the law. The judge then took his hat off and put $10 in it, and turned toward the audience in the court and said, Each one of you present in the court is fined $5 for letting a whole family starve 
until this poor old lady is forced to steal to feed her daughter-in-law and her grandchildren. The clerk will now collect fines from all of you. The clerk bought the collection, which was about $300 to the judge, including the fine from the owner of the store. The fine of $100 was paid off and the judge gave the old lady the remaining money so she could take care of her family until she found a job somewhere. Oh, wow. I love how the judge recognized the old woman was just trying to feed her family and he was able to help her while still doing his job, which required him to find her. He still followed his duty as a judge and as a person. He followed the human values of fairness. When you strongly believe in the value of being fair, then you find a way to follow the value in any situation. We talked about how fairness has many different meanings. Another way fairness shows up in our daily lives is when we compare ourselves to others. You mean like when we say, it's not fair. That's it. So we have just one more story we'd like to share with you today that talks about this. This story is called The Stonecutter. There once was a stonecutter who was not happy with himself or with his job. One day he passed a rich merchant's house. Through the open doors, he saw many nice and luxurious items and important visitors. How powerful that merchant must be, said the stonecutter. He thought to himself, that's not fair. And he wished that he could be just like the merchant. To his great surprise, he suddenly became the merchant, enjoying more luxuries and power than he had ever imagined. And he was envied by those less wealthy than him. Soon, a high official passed by, carried in the most fancy chair and escorted by soldiers beating drums. Everyone, no matter how wealthy they were, had to bow low before this high official. He then thought to himself, how powerful that official is. That's not fair. I wish I could be a high official. And then he became that high official, carried everywhere in his embroidered fancy chair, feared and hated by all the people around him. It was a hot summer day, so the official felt very uncomfortable in the sticky fancy chair. He looked up at the sun. It shined so proudly in the sky, unaffected by his presence. So he thought to himself, how powerful the sun is. That's not fair. I want to be powerful as the sun. I wish I could be the sun. Then he became the sun, shining strongly down on everyone, scorching fields, cursed by the farmers and laborers. But a huge black cloud moved between him and the earth so that his light could no longer shine on everything below. How powerful the storm cloud is, he thought to himself. That's not fair. I want to be powerful. I wish I could be the cloud. Then he became the cloud, flooding the fields and villages. But soon he found that he was being pushed away by some great force and realized that it was the wind. He thought to himself, how powerful the wind is. That's not fair. I want to be powerful. I wish I could be the wind. And then he became the wind blowing tiles off the roofs of houses, uprooting trees, feared by all below him. But after a while, he ran up against something that wouldn't move, no matter how forcefully he blew against it. It was a huge towering rock. How powerful the rock is, he thought to himself. 
That's not fair. I want to be powerful. I wish I could be the rock. And then he became the rock, more powerful than anything else on earth. But as he stood there, he heard the sound of a hammer pounding a chisel into the hard surface, and he felt himself being changed. What could be more powerful than I, the rock? He thought. He looked down and saw far below him the figure of a stonecutter. Oh man, he just came back in a full circle. He kept thinking it wasn't fair that he wasn't as powerful as the next thing. only to come back to be wanting to be a stone cutter this shows that when you compare you will never think anything is fair and you will not be happy how many of you compare yourself to maybe your siblings or your friends how many of you might say my sister or brother got this and i didn't or my brother goes to sleep later than me or she got a bigger piece than me many of you guys compare don't you so let us play out this scenario Imagine a world where everything had to be equal. For example, everyone in the family had to drink the same amount of water every day. If one person was thirstier than another, would we tell them no, they can't have more water because it wouldn't be fair? No, that wouldn't make sense, would it? So remember, fairness doesn't always mean equal. It means each person gets what they need in the time that they need it. So, are you guys ready for the fun fact? Did you know Akbar the Great was actually illiterate, which means he did not know how to read? What? That's really interesting because I remember learning that he loved art, culture, and literature, and that he made a library of over twenty-four thousand volumes that were written in different languages like Sanskrit, Urdu, Persian, Greek, Latin, Arabic, and even Kashmiri. He made sure he surrounded himself with really smart and talented people, didn't he? This helped him learn and rule fairly. That reminds me that we should all probably surround ourselves by people that make us better. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's kahanis. Please stay tuned for our future kahanis. Namaste. Kahani.